There's a happy baby, aren't you? Aren't you? Give me your purse. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Shut up. That's not a purse. It's a diaper bag. What? It, it looks like a purse. That's why I bought it, but it's really Shut a... up. Mm. All right. I'll just take this. Come on, Mom. Let's go. Mom? Are you okay? <laughs> Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review the 300th episode of The Simpsons. Although they didn't actually consider this one to be the 300th if you go by what they say on the episode Barting Over. But this is actually the 300th episode of The Simpsons. It is episode EABF04. It is the strong arms of the Ma. I am Dando. And I am the strong arms of the guy. How are you doing, Dando? Everything all right, mate? Yeah, not going too bad. You do have very strong arms. That's what drew me towards you when you first arrived in pop culture. You walked in and I went, fuck, he's got big arms. Jesus. Indeed, yeah. I challenged you for an arm wrestle and, uh, <laughs> and from there we were off to the races. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, <laughs> strong arms of the Ma. This is an episode that I think started off really, really well. And it made sense once I read the production side of things, why it seemed to fall off the cliff at the end. So this was originally, well, this was written by Carolyn Amine. She originally had Homer as the one who was mugged in this episode. And then our Jean came along and said, actually, I've got an idea for, uh, for Marge to do bodybuilding. We can incorporate the two stories into this episode. So it was changed from Homer to, to Marge. Carolyn has said that Homer would have been a much more humorous and more funny way to go about it when it comes to the mugging. But I actually really, really liked how serious the end result was after Marge gets attacked. We never see Marge this vulnerable, and it felt very real, just the fact that she couldn't speak, she was so quiet, and she just started crying. I loved that ending to that first act there. I thought it was great. But when Marge becomes a bodybuilder, I thought this episode just became not a train wreck, but it was just like, oh, what, what happened to this? I thought the main story of her overcoming her fear of agoraphobia could have been the full episode. I thought it didn't need to just cram in this bodybuilding one at the end there, because once she had uh, overcome her fear... There was no need to want to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, it just it just felt pointless. I get where you're coming from. And yeah, there were certainly times in this episode felt like two Lego pieces that really shouldn't be joined together. Mm. But somehow some very clever person has found a way to stick them together. And it's not about to fall apart or anything like that. But yeah, it, it doesn't seem 100% perfectly conjoined. Having said that, I didn't mind this episode at all, and I was a little concerned going in because I think the last episode we dealt with Marge and her body um, was Large Marge, which I did not enjoy very much. So I was like, oh, can we think of any other ways to sort of feature Marge? Can we, you know, to put her front and centre other than body image or body issue stuff? Giving her confidence and, with a new a new body image, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I... I thought the first uh, half of the episode where she is dealing with agoraphobia with basically PTSD and it's a pretty vivid depiction of it. Yeah, it's. I thought she did a fantastic job. I thought the first two acts, I actually had in my notes that this might be my first, my favourite start to an episode in a long time. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, so I didn't mind the second half either with the bodybuilding. I mean, it's it's interesting 
Certainly, I don't think it's... Uh, well, what, it's different, would... isn't it? Which is something that we need to sort of appreciate in season 14. Yes. Yeah, that they decided to go that route. And I actually thought they handled it pretty well. I mean, um, it's a bit broad and a bit obvious, uh, especially after the more, I guess, sympathetic and empathetic first half. So you're right, they're, they're not two great tastes that exactly taste great together, but at the same time, it's not a complete shambles, for mine at least, either. Now, we need to address the elephant in the room, which is the Marge raping Homer scene, right? This got a lot of people up in arms, a lot of people. Every review I read of this just thought that that was the Simpsons jumping the shark moment. I watched it, wasn't necessarily bothered by it, mm. because, you know, just the Simpsons, don't get too worried with it, but I can completely understand their perspective as well, because when he, when she says, I wasn't joking, the joke was apparently supposed to be the yeah. fact that, oh, it's funny that Homer's being overpowered by a woman, ha ha, that's the joke. But I think they made it a little bit too rapey it crossed that line where it sort of became uncomfortable as opposed to funny. Oh, ha, look at Homer, he can't, he can't overpower Marge. It's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's almost, yeah, this is a little too real. Yeah, look, no one likes uh, a power imbalance in the bedroom or wherever you choose to get busy. Uh, and yeah, even when it's uh, Marge calling the shot, so to speak, yeah, it's still, it gives you a bit of an icky feeling. I think I'm with you, Dando. I didn't... Uh, walk away from the TV in disgust or call my therapist or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, at the same time, it's like, you got to be very, very careful with how you handle a joke like that. And this handling of it was a little ham-fisted for mine. Yeah, at the end of the day, I just sort of thought, was there even a need for it? You didn't need it. I think there are ways that you can allude to, you know, that Marge is embracing her power and her strength, so to speak, without getting this blatant about it. But, yeah, still doing the same joke, but being a little more... not going as far as they did with it. It could be Marge taking control in the bedroom, but Homer enjoying it, you know, not feeling... Like well, we've had being... that in the past. We've had that with the Treehouse yeah. of Terror when, you know, she's the when she's the cat lady and exactly. basically yeah. calling the shots. And uh, he liked like, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I was a bit scared, but didn't matter that much. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah whereas he came away from this like, Arr. Yeah, <laughs> yes, a little bit and, too much. And a few of the viewers probably went away going, Arr. But I just thought the way they handled, the way the family were handling her agoraphobia was really cool. It, it was just, there's a line there, I've, I, I wrote it down, a particular line where he sort of says something along the lines of, with our love, she'll get through this. I thought, that's great. That's, that's really well written. Oh, of course, I mean, the Simpsons are at each other's throats, on occasion, the family's at each other's throats on occasion, they get on each other's nerves, but it's been this way from episode one that while they're not their own worst enemies, they're also each other's best friends and best support network. It's a good it's a good family. They're a good family. Hey, my favourite. So what was your favourite moment from the episode, Mr Davis? Well, people know how uh, keen I am on shout-outs to, uh, to other... Uh, other movies, other shows, other things like that. And mm-hmm. this had two really good shout-outs. Oh, yeah, did it ever. Yeah, I, I love the Twilight Zone thing with the uh, with the mailman trapped under the car. And, um, <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting the, um, the name of that episode with the librarian. The Futurama one. Well, no, the Twilight Zone episode where I want to say time out of mind, but I don't think that's it. Okay. Time, time enough at last. That's what okay. it's called. There you and, go. 
for those who may not know it, the gist of it is there's this mild-mannered librarian who's like, oh, I've got to work all the time. I'd really just want time to read my books. Um, then the, the nuclear apocalypse happens. He's the only one left alive. He's like, yay, I've got time enough to read all the books of the world. And then he breaks his glasses. <laughs> it's really one of those, oh. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I thought that was a really good shout-out to that episode. And um, a terrific, um, I guess, tribute to The Godfather as well. Where That was fucking epic, wasn't it? That is, it's basically <laughs> like a shot-for-shot recreation of, yeah. um, of Sonny Corleone just beating the heck out of his, sister, uh, his sister's uh, philandering and well, bit of a brute of a husband. Sonny just goes to town on him and uh, Marge does exactly the same thing here, uh, right down to the biting of the fist when the, when the person's hanging on to the, uh, the fence. It was great. It was such a great Marge moment. It was a great way. See, that should have been the end of the episode. How awesome would that have been to, as a capper for the, for the entire story then? Mm. I, I mean, I understand you know, the bodybuilding thing. It was, it was fine. But I think if it was just that building up to that, that would have, I feel like many people would remember this episode better as, oh, what a great ending that was. Marge finally got to kick the shit out of that guy that took her innocence away from her. Not took her innocence away, but no, gave her the fear of going outside. Exactly, yeah. But as we know with The Simpsons, as we know with sitcoms, got to get back to square one by the end or you've got to revert to the, uh, the way things normally are. So, I mean, if you closed out, Marge is still buff, still carrying around a bit. Of, um, but she wasn't even buff. She was just in shape. I think by the end she was pretty buff. Wasn't she? Uh, no, no, I mean, I mean, so up to the moment where she beat the shit out of the robber, she was just fit. She wasn't buffed. She wasn't like jacked to the gills with four inch lats or whatever it was. I guess. Neck. But still, yeah, I know. I just, I just. What I also liked was the moment where she was running away, saying, "I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared anymore." I always find it very touching when you hear someone say they're not afraid. Yes, and this, and this was a, a a really good example of that. I mean, it's not something you would expect necessarily from a half-hour animated sitcom, but the heart wants what it wants, and um, I always like to hear someone say they're not afraid, and even if it's Marge Simpson. So, especially if it's Marge Simpson, who doesn't like Marge? My favorite, one of my favorite moments was also where they are taking her outside for the first time to the letterbox, and Homer's going. You know, just tell us between one and ten how you are. One, <laughs> two. What the hell is that? <laughs> Eight. <laughs> and just uh, Homer just escalating and escalating. Just and it ends with Marge racing inside, and Homer's like, run. And there's just a hive of bees. I've got a good chuckle. I just thought the first two acts of this episode were some of my favourites in a very, very long time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, look, I was, I was, very, as I said, very pleasantly surprised by strong arms of the Mar. See, it's, remember last week we said. Low expectations. <laughs> and we kept our expectations in check, and what do you know? We were rewarded. Yeah, Yay exactly for us. Right. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, trivia for the strong arms of the Ma. You kick off. Okay, then. Who has to ride home in the trunk of Moe's car? That was Miss September. That is correct. <laughs> I actually had that as one of my favourite moments as well, selling the play to centerfolds, but it's actually the, the yeah, really good. <laughs> my first question is, what had Maggie eaten before she pooped her pants? Oh. Marge says, you turned this into that. Mm, what was it? It was... No, I'm sorry. I, 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 I remember that bit because I've got it. <laughs> I've got the term fudged her huggies written down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it but was cinnamon applesauce. Cinnamon applesauce. Oh, that's right. Which actually sounded really nice. It did, yes. Your next question. What is the name of the Rainier Wolfcastle Rob Schneider collaboration? My, my baby is an ugly man. Is <laughs> it? it is. 
I really enjoyed the the whole first act with Rainier with Castle. Really good. It's good. I'm I'm, I'm very partial to Rainier. Uh, anytime he's around, the German accent is of course, or the Austrian accent or whatever mm. is always very funny. But uh, yeah, Rainier is just a generally a delight when he's yeah. on. So yeah. My next question is: What is the name of the Lifetime film that Hibbert suggests Marge watch? Oh, it's not so you've, you're never going outside again, is it? Or? No, it's the woman who died in her home. That's. <laughs> I'm thinking of that pamphlet. What was it? So you decided to yeah, go. So you decided. No, so you've ruined your life. That's what. That's it is. the one. <laughs> there we go. Now you you mentioned uh, the family going outside earlier with Marge mm. in the uh, in the wheelbarrow or whatever. So you'll no, probably the, get the, this one. The chair, yeah, yeah. In the chair. What was Marge's highest anxiety rating? Seven hundred and three. That is really funny. <laughs> very, that's very high, and you're very correct. My final question is: I, I also really like this. The names of Bart and Marge, the walkie-talkie names. Oh, when they're at the church, he's, and he, Bart oh, says so and so to so and so. It's Batman to shut in. <laughs> I I was paying attention to this episode, just not to the things that you're pointing out. <laughs> I just love how supportive they were of Marge, and they never made Marge's fear like it was the butt of a joke. No, no. They never made fun of her. That's what. That's why it works so well. Exactly. I've got uh, one more question. Go for it. What is Lisa's problem area? Jesus, when was that mentioned? That was problem near area. the very end. What's her problem area? Oh, maybe it maybe wasn't referred to as a problem area, but uh, Marge points out that uh, or, oh, no, that, it's a fl- flabby glutes. Is that it? very close? What it's is it? Saggy glutes. Saggy glutes. Damn it, that's right. <laughs> I can go. relate. <laughs> <laughs> that is trivia for the strong arms of the Mars. Stick around, guys. After this short break, we'll be back with our full in-depth review. All right. Yes, it is time for our weekly Patreon shoutouts. Kicking off with our new $100 patron for the month, Mr. George Holt. Thank you so much, sir. Also, shoutouts to Jonathan Rossi, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Moleman, Richie, Katie G, Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Davey, Bella Winderbank, the iconic June fucking Richards, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and Groundskeeper Noah, absolute legends. Also, shoutouts to our new $5 plus patrons for the month, Mr. Jack Netting, Greg Delaney, RJ, and Hugh Jass. Yes, Hugh Jass. And I want to throw some shoutouts as well to the following patrons who increased their patronage this month, Mr. George McMenemy, Simon Brown, and BH. Love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Don't forget, guys, if you do enjoy the show and you want to show some support, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash discount where for as little as $1 per month, you can get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, early access to all the shows we do here at Four Finger Discount, access to the Facebook group, monthly prize draws, and much, much more. Patreon.com slash discount. But for now, sit back and enjoy our review of The Strong Arms of the Mar. The original air date of The Strong Arms of the Mar was February 2nd in 2003. It was directed by Pete Michaels and written by Carolyn Omine. Pete back- Michaels? I thought it was Mike Peters. <laughs> I went through uh, their their previous episodes, and I think post-season 10, Carolyn may be my favourite Simpsons writer. 
Really? She writes some of my favorites post or post-season nine, I should say. Let's open up her wiki page. I'll run through them again. So her Simpsons episodes that she's written, she's Little Big Mum, I really enjoyed when mm-hmm. Lisa had to take over the household because Marge breaks her leg. That gives us super sexy Flanders, that episode. She wrote the Dolphin episode for the Treehouse of Horror. The Great Money Caper, which was another fun one. She wrote the Harry Potter ha- uh, Treehouse of Horror. Sweets and Sour Marge, which you didn't like, but I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, Strong Arms of the Mars. So the episodes she's written up to this point. But she also wrote Halloween of Horror which I still to this day say is one of the best episodes of The Simpsons ever written. And it came from like season 26, 27. It is a Halloween special that Mitch and I went back and reviewed ages ago. It's a Halloween special that's not a Treehouse of Horror special. It's just set at Halloween. And it is an absolute, it's like, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I, so I just went through this and went, Carolyn, I think you might be my favorite post-golden era Simpsons writer. <laughs> okay, well, the way you're selling Halloween of Horror and... Well, we are in October. We're in approaching Halloween season. Yeah, I might have to go check it out. Oh, it's, it's you won't regret it. It's great. And Pete Michaels, the episodes he's directed are Brother from Another Series, the one with Fraser's brother, mm-hmm. uh, the Cartridge Family, where uh, Homer gets the gun, Das Bus, where they get stranded on the island, the kids, another great one, Lost Our Lisa, the Ali Baldwin episode when you dish upon a star, Homer to the Max, the Max Power episode. Oh my so, God. Papa's got a brand new badge from last season, so this oh, guy is like... Winners these, after winner. Uh, well, these two, two are the best. So good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was... It's no surprise why I really enjoyed this episode. So, uh, yeah, uh, the chalkboard gag was the school does not need a regime change. Finally a blackboard gag again. Yeah, hasn't been one for a while, has there? <laughs> and the couch gag says here, the couch is a novelty cardboard cutout with the holes in it. The family members go behind the stand-up and stick their faces through the holes. Lisa becomes the face for Homer. Homer becomes Marge. Maggie becomes Lisa. Bart becomes Maggie. And Marge becomes Bart. Instead of the TV, a photographer is standing there and takes their picture. I have just written down, it's that thing we don't know the name of. Because <laughs> yeah, no, right, <laughs> I think in the last episode, we're like... What do you call that thing? That thing you yeah. see at the uh, where you stick your head through it and take it. Everyone phone. knows what they are. They just don't know what they're called. Yeah, yeah. it probably or, has or, like a like a real name, like a yeah. actual thing, as opposed to cardboard cutout. <laughs> you stick your head through. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is what you would Google if you're trying to find yeah. a real name. <laughs> you, you really would. It's like, wow, we're on holiday. Can we go to the cardboard cutout thing you put your head through? <laughs> sure thing, sir. <laughs> So the episode kicks off with a really great throwback, the Ion Springfield intro. I love oh, the opening so credits of Ion Springfield. <laughs> now, it's either it's a toss-up for my favourite part of the Ion Springfield credits. It's either laughing at the drop sushi, sushi in the, fun, or, yeah. or sadness over the, over the sandwich fail. So, so that's an added one. So they added two or three new ones. You yeah. can tell from the different animation. And I read a review and the person's like, and everything they added was not, wasn't even funny. And I was like, the sad face after the shit falling out of the sandwich was hilarious. The sandwich <laughs> fail is fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the animation, it was a bit jarring. It was like new animation, old animation, but I didn't mind it. We got Ion Springfield, so how can you complain? Yeah. It's just du- such du- great du- music. Du- 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 I think oh, I hearing it. that just put me in a good mood. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's good, do this. Yeah, good way to kick off an episode. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Eye on Springfield.
He is interviewing Rainier Wolfcastle, who has now filed for bankruptcy after three divorces in three months, you know, because he's a romantic, as he says. <laughs> but the end result, it's not all sad, because we get a bankruptcy sale and everything must go. It was a good way, because sometimes they have Rainier Wolfcastle hanging out with regular people, and mm. it feels a bit sort of out of place. But because yeah. he's filed for bankruptcy, it fits here. It makes sense. All, all these vultures have come in to pick at the carcass. That's it. There's a really great, great line he says here later on when Homer's in his bedroom. Like, do you need assistance picking over my t- the tattered remains of my life? <laughs> but before then, he holds up the painting of his nan on her deading day. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> liked it. Homer, uh, you know, how the mighty have fallen into my price range. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a nice, nice sort of, I don't, you wouldn't call it a cutaway, but how. Reveal. Yeah, how, yeah reveal that. We're actually here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Flanders, I'm not so sure about selling these play dude centerfolds. What a great bait and switch that was. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and of course, Mobites. Uh, Mobites. Oh, well, uh, Flanders had a couple of good lines in here, but also Renier here. Zip it, holy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Everything here has a sword in it, apparently. The baseball bat, the mm-hmm. rifle, pineapple, even the sword sharpener has a sword in it, and the pie. Yes. Now what? <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> Lenny finds the cyborg hand, which the only thing you can find to do with it is scratch his ass. Exactly. I mean, why not? <laughs> what would Carl say? Uh, look who's gone, Hollywood. Have you ever bought a back scratcher and just sh- scratch your ass with it? Excuse me? Like you're scratching your back and you go down a little bit further. Like, oh. <laughs> not not in your ass, but just like <laughs> scratch it. I didn't say insert into anus. I said no, no. <laughs> I remember holding a, 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 a an informal poll in the warehouse once when I was working at Pop Culture saying, Yeah, yeah. What is more satisfying to scratch? Your foot, your back, or your butthole? Or your butthole. Like <laughs> actual anus. Actual <laughs> anus. <laughs> and I think actual anus was, you know, just the, the, a clear winner. <laughs> Isn't that like where the male G spot is, though? You have to go right. Inside. Oh, okay. Yes. Get right up in there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Go for the gusto. Um, <laughs> how do we anyway. talk about this? Um, Cyborg hands. I've, I've, I've had a back scratcher. <laughs> I never went all the way down to scratch. Well, scratching your back is a little bit difficult. Scratching your butt is relatively easy with your hands. Especially if you're sitting down too. You just sort of go like this. Yeah, wiggle do a wiggle. Bump a little bit. <laughs> wiggle. Wiggle it just a little bit. Yeah. Uh. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I would, I'm not so. Fancy that I would use a back scratcher to scratch my butt. Guy Davis's five easy steps to scratching your butthole. <laughs> That's for patrons only. <laughs> Homer is in the bedroom of Renier. Hey, you know, as I said, <laughs> need assistance picking up the tattoo rental life. Finds the porno. Uh, uh, this was my uh, Any of these hetero? What's there is there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a really funny line, actually. Because have you ever heard the story that Sylvester Stallone was in a porno? Yes, I have, yeah. yeah the Italian Stallion. AKA is that what it's called? Party at Kitty and Studs. Well, actually, I think it was originally called Party at Kitty and Studs. And okay. then Rocky came out and was like, we're going to put this out again and call it the Italian Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the guy who made that movie saw Rocky's like, cha-ching. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm not, I don't know if it was a woman who directed it, actually. Okay. But I remember seeing this trailer and you've got this woman looking very 70s, sitting in like an editing bay. I've just spent 90 minutes in a room with the hottest star in America, Sylvester Stallone. I'm editing his new movie, The Italian Stallion. And they said, we can't show you any of the hot bits. But then it's just Sly Stallone sort of running around, occasionally smooching some lady and also doing some weird disco dancing. So 
<laughs> I don't know where you could find Party at Kitty and Studs, aka the Italian Stallion, um, but um, might be worth checking out. I don't know if Arnold I, ever did any porn. I guarantee every listener has now paused the podcast and they're Google searching that shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what the kids want <laughs> Sylvester Stallone porn. The weight that changed you from a Bavarian cream puff to a mass of twitchy muscles? <laughs> they know you are talking about them. I'll take it. Who's up for coconut oil? Homer now has to play Tetris to get everything into the car. We get the Tetris music and everything. This is also another fun moment. This episode was really fun. It was. And honestly, is there anything more satisfying than Tetris? Especially when you like nail like six rows in a row. Oh, like, yeah. So it's, good. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I really enjoyed this uh, this Tetris bit, complete with Tetris music. Yes, exactly. But when Homer realises that he's not in the car, we get the, <laughs> the game over music from Tetris. <laughs> Wolfcastle then says he'll carry him home in his giant Snuggie, which, which is what he wore with Rob Schneider in the My Baby's an Ugly Man. <laughs> Homer says his heartbeat is soothing. Time to sleep, little fat. So cool. now on the way home. And I like that because that was a way of setting up why Homer wasn't there to help much. Correct. Which is good. So, Maggie shits herself on the way home. Being there, that's it's not great. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> I love that she tries to blame it on Lisa, though. Hey, don't, don't blame me, sister. <laughs> like, <laughs> Marge pulls into the quickie mar to use the bathroom, but he suggests that you go use the crack house instead. Did you see the sign? Uh, only, oh. only for crack addicts or whatever. <laughs> I was too busy uh, being annoyed at the fact that they're sort of tripling down on the whole Indian food thing. Maybe they, like... Ordered Indian food into the office one day and it just wasn't a good meal and or got, something. And I don't got know. bad Indian and then they just decided to riff on it for the next few weeks. Shame on you, Simpsons episode. Yeah, not good at all. Because we spent a good 10 minutes of the last week just talking about how great Indian food was. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> High voltage sign is just a ruse, apparently, according to Mo, uh, according to <laughs> Apu. Marjan changes Maggie, but then unfortunately she gets mugged and things take a turn for the worse here. They don't play any of this up for laughs. Except for Marge sort of trying to explain to the guy that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's a diaper bag, but it looks like a handbag, handbag. which is why I bought it. And like she's trying, <laughs> she's trying to explain herself to the guy. He's like, just shut up, rips the necklace off. Mm. Bit, and of a, bit of a throwback to the death of Batman's parents with yeah. Martha Wayne's pearls That's scattering right. all over the ground. The reaction, though, from Marge where she just gets into the car, doesn't say anything, and then just starts crying. Mm. I thought this was, not going to lie, I think this was one of my favourite Marge moments in years. Well, it was very authentic. It was very At real, wasn't it? Maybe yeah. even of all time. I thought this was just... I don't. I can't remember a time where Marge has felt any realer than this. Mm. Any more real. Like, I just thought this was just... I don't think this could have been done better because this kind of thing, when done right, really works. And it, it was so effective here not having any jokes. It was just... Mm. She's just been mugged. This is how most people would respond to that. Absolutely. There's a visual aspect as well that I found kind of interesting. I mean, Marge does look odd. She looks naked, yeah. Where without the pearls around her neck. And I mean, yep. I know they've sort of played that for laughs in the past where she's maybe lost a string of pearls and, you know, she's actually got a huge pile of them and just sort of plucks a string off the uh, off the big pile and slaps it around her neck and everything's back to normal. But seeing her without her pearls is like, yeah, something's not right here. It's just a little visual cue that uh, adds to the whole, uh, adds to the whole depiction of this uh, traumatic event that she's gone through. And I did read a review on this that pointed out the fact that what you just said, has she got a whole drawer full of these necklaces? Why didn't she just put another one on? Why did they go the next act without her wearing the necklace? And I was like, 
Because it was a traumatic experience and she doesn't want to relive it, maybe? Yeah, because you're not quite getting it, you know? Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't read that review, just tune into Full Finger Discount, please. Exactly. <laughs> you say that to them, please. Yeah. Yeah. But she just breaks down in the, in the car in front of the kids. And also the fact that she's broken down in front of the kids too adds to it. It's all my fault my wife got mugged. There you have it, boys. Case closed. Look, this really made me feel vulnerable. I want to know how soon you think you'll catch this guy. Don't worry, Marge. I swear to you, I'll put my best man on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, is this awkward. Homer doesn't want Marge to go outside, so before, unless she does this first. So he gives her the emergency whistle, the pepper spray, and some, uh, what is it, like, like a diagram of the a man's most vulnerable part. That's right. Yeah, well, just a big X in front of yeah. poor old Ned's crotch. Why is it Flanders? Well, I'm not going to kick a wig him, am I? <laughs> <laughs> She arrives at the quickie mark because she wants to try and you know, break through and, and you know not relive it, but she wants to prove that she's strong enough to just carry on with her life, but she simply can't get out of the car. And even when Ralph walks up just to say hello, mm. she pepper sprays him. And he's boogus, very spicy as a result. <laughs> but she said, you know what, I'm just going to go home where the only thing that's dangerous is electrical-wise. I need to get back into my own personal space where I feel comfortable. The kids are really worried when she gets home, though, because she didn't return with anything that she... That she's went out to get, and she's also ran over the mailman. Man. I like this mailman. It seems like a good dude. He's a very upbeat mailman. He is indeed, well, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever come across a mailman, though, who's been angry. I know it's, it's a stereotype in comedy to sort of have the mailman be the crazy guy, but every mailman I've ever encountered in my life is always just happy, smiling on their face. What's going on, mate? They're loving their job. Yeah, just out and about, getting a bit of fresh air, bringing st- well. often delivering letters and parcels and happy things to people. The occasional Being bill. happiness, yeah. Yeah. She tries to go outside to uh, to help the mailman. How awesome was this? The spir- the spirals, like the vision, where mm. she was just sort of in a trance almost. Oh, yeah. where she, 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 like she I tried, said, she- very, very vivid depiction of agoraphobia, PTSD, just yeah. a general sort of fear or distrust of the world. Yeah, it's, it's awfully well done. There's a lot of good stuff in this episode. Well done, Mike Peters. I also like the fact that Carolyn also threw in the lines of Marge. She's in the middle of this, uh, of this vision, of this moment. She's traumatised. And the, the woman says, I throw it in my drawer at night. No, it'll tangle. <laughs> but Marge is still worried about things like that in the midst of a, of a panic attack. Oh, yeah you're, yeah, you're still yourself. I mean, uh, even when you're you know, dealing with some serious shit. Have you ever had a panic, a panic attack, like a proper one? I don't think I've ever had a panic attack, like a full-blown one. I've had nervous moments, but I don't think a full-blown panic attack. I don't think I've ever had a... I don't believe I have... I may have without realising. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. I think your mileage may vary. You mm. know, everyone's uh, definition of a panic attack may uh, may be different. I've certainly had moments of nervousness and or panic, but uh, an actual sort of shortness of breath, feel like I'm going to die in the Bo Burnham sense of the word. Uh, no, don't think I felt that. Sorry, I can't go outside. I'll call for help. No, hurry. I got plenty to read. Ooh, Twilight Zone magazine. It- Oh, no, my glasses are broken. A, a really good parody, a really good parody there. Not parody, but a homage to the Twilight Zone. Indeed. Hibbert then diagnoses Marge with agoraphobia, uh, recommends that she watches the Lifetime Channel movie, The Woman Who Died in Her Home. So he's basically, he's not making light of the situation, but he's also trying to sort of bring some sort of humour to it, but he's also trying yeah. to steer her in the right direction. You know, yeah. this, watch this. This is what might happen. You don't want to end up like this. So let's try and get you back on the right path. People are treating it with the seriousness and gravity that it deserves while still cracking a few jokes. It's a good, yeah. it's a good part of this episode. It's very skillful. Uh, he suggests that she desensitizes herself to the fear of 
you know, being outside by controlled situations where, she, you know, she can remain calm. Uh, what if I can't? Well, I hope you like dinner parties. <laughs> <laughs> then the other part. No one's going to come to a crazy lady's dinner. <laughs> Homer and the kids are now taking Marge outside to the letterbox, as we were discussing earlier. And I love this, the setup, like on the, the wheelie chair with the, the helmet on and everything. Yeah, just, she's all... She's, they've tried to make her feel as comfortable as possible. Just a makeshift suit is what yeah. they could. <laughs> now, Dr. Hibbert said to use a number from 1 to 10 to describe how anxious you are. 2, 3, 2. Don't worry, everything is fine. What the hell is that? Hey, Dad, it's just a bug. Oh. It's not just a bug. It's the queen of something. 10, 10, 10, 10. Don't worry, I'll set fire to the hive. 103. Run! I know Homer was a bit of an idiot there, but to me, this just, it felt like classic Simpsons. Well, and it also didn't feel like jackass Homer. It just felt like sort of dumbass Homer. I mean, clearly wants the best for, well, in fact, he's being overprotective of Marge. He's he's, he's a great husband in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) look, anything can set Marge off. What's that? You know, (laughs) so he's sort of picking up on the panic. He's showing... Sympathetic uh, PTSD, almost. Yeah, the, re- the reason he's scared of what it could be is because he doesn't want Marge to be scared of it. But in, by doing so, he's making her scared of it. Yeah, yes. really funny. Family are now uh, setting up the makeshift Quickie Mart in the house, and Bart is playing a poo. Lisa is the magazine rack. I'm the first to admit it. I don't write good parts for women. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Millhouse then arrives on the scene as uh, the robber. I like to think that Millhouse wasn't actually part of it. He just fucking intervened and fucked everything <laughs> up. <laughs> Marge runs off screaming, uh, but turns. Uh, Millhouse thinks it's just a bubble gun. It's not a bubble gun. It's silly string. Fucks yourself up as well. <laughs> it was quite funny that he just got absolutely covered in silly string. Thought that was very, very funny. Grandpa then arrives in a diaper with a New Year's Eve sash. We're cancelling <laughs> the play, Grandpa. What? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Homer then finds Marge in the basement because he's gone looking for her and just she decides that she's going to sleep down there for a while. Another good thing, he doesn't question her on it. He's like, mm. no worries, honey. You do what you need to do to get through this. Find your safe space. Yep, and we will support you. So he explains it to the kids. You know, with our love, she'll get better. She'll get better soon. She'll get through this. Mm. But what if she doesn't? And we'll just smoke her out. <laughs> <laughs> The, the church scene where they're discussing or she, Bart's sort of holding the walkie-talkie so Marge can hear the sermon. She says amen and everything. Homer's asleep, so she tells him what to do, belts him over the head with it. It's um, yeah, just I, I like the fact that they're going the extra mile and trying to still include her in their lives Yeah, even though she doesn't want to leave the house. That's very sweet. Yeah, making it the new normal. Family now all eating downstairs using the air hockey table. This looks like a lot of fun, doesn't it? It's <laughs> actually... I could see this happening at the Dando house. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'll, I'll, don't give me ideas, Simpsons. <laughs> I will do this. <laughs> Makes passing the carrots a breeze. But won't any spinach. Then the, this, I love this, the feet going past. You know why? Because when I saw those feet going past, I'm like, that looks like cheers. Homer says, hey, it reminds me of cheers. cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and best part about cheers, I love that show. Because only half an hour till wings. Then you could just sleep until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that cheers aired on... Thursdays or Fridays? I, I, I thought it was Thursdays, but it must have had on Fridays. For some reason, yeah, I thought it was a Thursday night thing. Cheers. Yeah, maybe not. Anyway, the joke works either way. Marge then sends the cat up the uh, the washing chute. Is it the washing chute? <laughs> I believe shoot. it is the yeah garbage or laundry. 
Yeah, Laundry. I think it might be be garbage. (sighs) What to do now? Too crazy to go outside. Not crazy enough to have imaginary friends. Why did Homer buy those? No one's ever going to use them. So, all this time, these weights have been sitting there, a really good seed plant, because you've completely forgotten about the weights by this point, but Marge, she starts doing the weights. I love the fact that she's doing it to a cooking show, it's very Marge, the guy's <laughs> like, you know, one, two, three, four, five eggs, kill that burn, ladies, and if you don't, the oven's not on. <laughs> Homer loves how Marge is getting into shape, she's got a, her six pack and everything, he's like, whoa, 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 this is great, I've got my own... Is it Joey Heatherton? Joey Heatherton, yes. Yeah. Um, 60s sex symbol, I believe. Bit of a 60s starlet, yeah. Bit of a go-go dancer, I believe. Okay. Marge <laughs> thinks, you know, that hollandaise sauce really needs some lemon, so she races outside. She's got this newfound <gasps> confidence without realising what she's doing. Oh, look, Dad, are you going to get into shape? Nah, I'm going to eat twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa then points out that Marge is now outside. How great was the shot of Marge just standing out there realising what she's done? Mm. Yeah, oh, as we of, said before, I mean, it's always very, uh, very touching, very moving, very, uh, I don't know, exciting when someone reclaims their courage. Well, I meant, the, courage. I meant the shot just beforehand, though, where she's just staring into nothing, oh, where she's like, oh, okay. I know, I, I, I came outside before I realised what I was doing. I, I thought that was a really good, really good cut with they're running outside and Marge is just standing there, oh, frozen yeah. in fear. But then, as you said, she squeezes that lemon, realises that she's stronger than she's ever been, and we get the really nice moment you were just discussing where she's mm. just... It's, it reminded me of when Homer gets, gets hair. Do, have you, can you remember the episode where he gets the assistant Carl, where he uses dem- Demoxanil? He's just like, I have hair, I have hair. He's <laughs> running through the streets. It's really good. Also, nice little line from Ned about being a super-duper recouper. Yeah, I was going to say, how good is the little Nedisms in this one yeah, too? Grandpa, yeah. you're not paying enough attention if you're, having, if you're, if you're <laughs> not afraid. She then comes across the robber and he gets marginalised. I thought, good for you, Marge. This was awesome. First of all, yes, shout out to the term marginalised. Yeah. Up top, very good. Um, yeah, and I like that that that, um, that Robert was just an absolute prick. Yeah, you've been afraid of life, haven't you? Or something along those lines. And yeah, just gets the absolute crap kicked out of him and deservedly so. I just thought the episode could have ended there and I would have been happy. Just send me home happy. Like, it was just, it was really good. But uh, Homer says, you know, it's like he's married to Shaft. We can then say to everyone, hey, lazy brains, how about you find your own muggers and sort yourselves out? <laughs> Marge then runs into Ruth Powers, who is now absolutely jacked to the gills. Uh, she's been in prison, apparently. Uh, she's Miss Mexican Mafia three years in a row. And she suggests to Marge that she should start taking steroids to make herself even stronger and looking big and bulky. And Marge is just like, oh, I'm too sure about this. You know, I've got, I don't take drugs. I make a lie out of my tailgate with <laughs> my bumper stickers. <laughs> And, you know, Ruth just tries to sell it by saying, you know, it occurs naturally in the body like sweat and tumours. <laughs> and the main side effect is greatness. I, I, I've got a couple of friends who, one in particular, who used to be so anti-gym in the sense of he hated like what the definition of a jock. You know, oh, fuck these jocks. <laughs> but he's now the biggest meathead you could oh, ever imagine. Oh, Because he, he, he started going to the gym. Is, basically, he, on, basically is he on he protein? Became, oh, yeah, like everything. Like, he eats like 8,000 calories a day. He's like... He's so just, do I. <laughs> but he's just he's just become everything he ever hated. Like he's I'm watching this going, this is my mate. Like this is literally what's <laughs> happened to him, you know. But uh Well anyway. it's funny when Marge just chugs down the uh the what's it called? Not Roid Rage, like oh, I forgot what, what the uh mixture was called, but you hear a little Popeye theme when she's uh Oh yes. 
<laughs> yeah. So she's now using all the supplements with the balkanoids for her lats, Mesomax for her delta, and estrogen blocker for the minty taste. I thought they did... When it came to the bodybuilding aspect, they kind of made fun of female bodybuilders here in a way that kind of felt unfair. Oh, I didn't read it as such. I mean, I, I, I would view all that kind of uh, whatever it is they're taking, all the supplements and whatever, is just humorous, whichever gender or sex is taking it. I mean, yeah, the estrogen blocker does put a bit of a female spin on it, certainly. But uh, I don't know. I mean, if you watch professional bodybuilders, a lot of them are sort of cartoon characters, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, all due, all due respect to them. I mean, because they could snap me into several pieces probably just by looking at me. <laughs> but it takes some serious dedication to get it, there as well. It certainly does. But some yeah. just get so swole that it's like, um, I don't know if this is really a, a... It doesn't feel natural anymore, you know? It just, yeah, this isn't a, a, a beautiful depiction of the human form and more like someone stuck an air hose up your butt. <laughs> My apologies to any bodybuilders out there. Don't come find me. <laughs> and I'll shove a hose up your butt. <laughs> See how Ma- you like it. It's like, Ma- well, we did talk. We did talk about that a little earlier. So yeah, I, yeah. I probably do like it. Go for the gusto. <laughs> Marge stops the school bus. This is where I thought it just got a little bit silly. I know it's just a cartoon, but she, you know, she picks up the school bus with kids in it and everything. And yeah. and there's a line here where people are pointing out that they think that the the subtleness of Otto's character is now gone because what am I smoking? Oh, that's right, weed. Yeah. Where previous episodes wouldn't have the oh, that's right, weed. weed. And yeah. it was like ah, it yeah. feels that's a very sort of early two thousands kind of gag, isn't it? Yeah. Having to explain everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, they, they feel like they have to over-explain things sometimes now. Yeah. She might have got the competition tomorrow, and she wants a good luck snuggle. And this is where it just kind of goes. Oh, okay. Ooh, oh this, my. <laughs> this could be taken. Any number of ways. <laughs> None of them good. <laughs> hey, hot stuff. I've got a competition tomorrow. I could use a good luck snuggle. I'd rather talk about our feelings. I feel that illegal performance-enhancing drugs are too common these days. Rebuttal? Did you... Let's do it. Oh, uh, uh, listen, my bulky flower. I, I have an early date. I wasn't asking. <laughs> So it's now the following morning and Homer can't walk straight. I'm not really not really sure what Marge did to him the night before, but I'd prefer not to ask. He's made the lunches for the kids because Marge is too busy shaving. She got lost to shave. That's that's the line I was thinking of. Yeah. Was Your mom has a lot of stuff to shave. You're making fun of you're making fun of him now. And then we get to the, the women's bodybuilding championship. And it's just I don't know what someone says, I'm off women forever and things like that. And I was like, ah, oh, mm. I don't know. The, the first two thirds of this episode felt like it was written by a woman and the last Act felt like it was written by a man trying to make fun of women trying to be strong. Yeah, it kind of felt a bit like the writers' room were all throwing in a, some sketchy one-liners. In second place, Mart Simpson. Second place. Oh man, this will just encourage her. I'm tired of her criticizing my saggy glutes. Quiet, muscular ears can hear us. We're now at Moe's and Marge is bragging about everything she's achieved and Homer compliments her by saying, you know, you've managed to bulk up but still keep your femininity and she says, that's why I lost, you know. I like Homer's response here though. Sorry, sir. Sorry. Calls her sir. Mm. <laughs> he just he feels completely just like 
under her control now. She's just way too powerful for him. Completely emasculated. Yeah. And Marge says she's now going to up her glycolic, glycolic load or something. I'm not, I'm not too sure about bodybuilding terms, but <laughs> she's going to use a denser ripping gel. Talk to your dude. Talk to yeah. your mate. This next line, I was like, oh, when she says, I didn't sacrifice my period for second place. I was like, oh, man, you're really going for it now. <laughs> like, you're really making fun of these these bodybuilders. And Marge, uh, Mo points out, you know, there's not enough booze in this place to make you look pretty. And I was like, oh, wow, wait, you're in trouble, Mo. Yeah. This, is where, <laughs> this is where Marge just beats the shit out of everybody to various songs like Love is a Battlefield and Relax and whatnot. And Homer tries to stop her because she's just tearing the place to shreds and she picks up Lenny. And it's just this moment where Lenny's just like, He's just accepting his fate. He's just, she's, just, <laughs> she's just holding him. He's just like, all right, do what you need to do. I'm done. Mm. Somewhere in the sea of full hormones is the sweet, wonderful girl I married. The woman who, instead of swatting a fly, will give it a bath and send it on its way. I'd sure like to go home and have Jiffy Pop with her. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Hmm? Steroids have turned me into everything I hate. Let's go home, sweetie. Club Soda will get that blood out. It was a nice touch, though, of her offering advice on how to get the blood out in the way out of Moe's, things like that. (laughs) Then Moe says he's going to claim insurance, but unfortunately, he hasn't ordered any yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap. (laughs) Marge then throws out the weights by throwing it in the fire, and Homer says, I miss being your knight in flabby armor. So she says, let's go for a real workout. Classic husband joke. You know how to wax the car, right? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, and she beats him up. And it was a nice way to end the episodes, but just there was about three or four minutes there with the bodybuilding. I sort of thought, ah, this felt like know. something that you guys, you blokes wanted to cram into this Carolyn story. But that aside, I thought this was, I think this was my favorite episode of the season so far, especially the first two acts for sure. Like they were so good that it made up for anything I didn't like in the last act. I thought, I thought this was a, a huge thumbs up for me. I wanted one of the better ones in recent years. I wouldn't say it was a huge thumbs up, but my thumb was definitely up. Yeah. Up the gusto? Up the gusto. <laughs> Do a little exploring. No, you're right. There was uh, so much uh, to enjoy in this in a lot of ways. I mean, it uh, handled the sensitive or the the sensitive parts with the tenderness that it warranted. Yeah. It had a lot of good gags in it. Uh, and it sort of moved nicely between those two tones and and a few others as well you're right it does crumble a little bit near the end but not in such a way that you're kind of go, oh, man they you're, still, you're they still bring it back on track though by the end don't they and it's, it's they actually, absolutely do that lately they've sort of gone for sweet endings that felt forced this felt like a proper sweet ending it does doesn't it yeah what do we learn palmer so what'd you learn from the episode mr davis well that if i was given the choice between watching uh, the hot chick Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, and My Baby's an Ugly Man, I know which Rob Schneider movie I would choose. I know, right? Especially when it's got Randy Wolfcastle in it as well. I know. It's funny thing about Schneider was there was a little period there in the 90s where it seemed like he was going to be like um, Sylvester Stallone's weedy offsider. Okay. You know, he popped up in Demolition Man and in Judge Dredd, and it's like, what's Rob Schneider doing in these movies? They'd be perfectly good without him. In fact, probably even better. Uh, my, well, I learned that you should never, ever trust a bubble gun. Because they may just contain silly string. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be like Millhouse kids. (laughs) From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it is time for the Guy Davis Noonan Championship for Strong Arms of the Ma. The uh, leaderboard currently stands at this. In first position on eight points, we have Philip Hawkins. In second position, Nick Patterson on seven. And in third, D.L. Gorman on five. 
Hit me, Mr. Davis. What have they got for strong arms of the Mar? Well, we're back with a couple of honourable mentions before Ooh, okay. we get to the points this time around. It's been a long uh, time since you've had anything honourable on this uh, championship. That's <laughs> true. That's not to disrespect our uh, our fine challenges in the new name challenge, but I think this episode brought out the best in a lot of people. Yep. So, people like, for instance, Dan James. Ooh, Dan James, okay. Who uh, gave us, do, do you even lift? A nice riff on Bro, Do You Even Lift? Uh, and Matt Leewald uh, gave us collateral domage. Working with the dough. They listened to you last week. They know that's what you like. They're going yeah. with it. Indeed. And I decided, well, maybe just honourable mentions for the Dolphins this time around because I'm okay. looking at the points and I don't think we got too many doughs in there, if any. Mm. Alrighty. Who got uh, one point this week then? One point mm-hmm. goes to Philip Hawkins. Phil Hawkins climbing away there now on nine points. What has Phil given us this week? Phil gave us actually two that I quite enjoyed, and that all honesty in a in a lesser running or a lesser race could probably get more points because they're both good. Barbell Ella, mm, not bad, mm, and Basement Jaxed. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> very good. They're, they're not bad, are they? Good work by Phil Hawkins. Yeah, the, uh, the Simpsons version of Elvira was called a Booberella. <laughs> <laughs> Do you read that uh, Elvira came out recently? I did not know that, no. She's had like a 20-year relationship with the... Apropos, a, a 20-year relationship with this woman she met at her gym. Wow, we Good for them. Yeah, Elvira was saying, yeah, I looked across and saw this, what I thought was a hot dude, you know, great muscles, good definition, all this kind of stuff, looked kind of hot. Then I realised, wait a minute, that's a girl. What am I feeling? And 20 years later, they're still together. <laughs> Congratulations, Elvira. Props to Elvira. And, and a partner. Two points. Go to Kevin Flood. Alrighty, what's Floody got for us? The Floodwaters gave us Marge and In Charge. Oh, he's opened the floodgates of that one. <laughs> Nicely played, Dando. <laughs> oh, you're winning the new name challenge this time around, I think. Oh, actually, sorry, my mistake. Two people are getting two points each. Okay, because you looked look very confused for about three seconds. I was like, did he just get ready at the three-pointer? <laughs> <laughs> I've come up with my you know, colour charts and everything. It's like, okay, I've, I've highlighted this. That's This is getting two points. And like, wait a minute, there's two colours here? What, what, what the what the hell? But so anyway, who else got two? Two points also go to Dave Abbott-Smith. Dave Abbott-Smith. Has Dave yeah. got points this season? Doesn't look like it so far. Well, welcome to the leaderboard, Dave. What do you welcome got? To the leaderboard with viewers um, and players of video games will enjoy this. Simpsons, Roid Rage. I like it. I do like that. It was never my favourite Simpsons game. Simpsons, Roid Rage, to me, lived in the shadows of Simpsons Hit and Run, but still, one of the better Simpsons games, so well done, Dave. And a good reference uh, by Mr. Abbott Smith there. Mm -hmm. Something similar, but for my mind, a little bit better, and earning him the three points is Alistair Danik. Ooh, Alistair, climbing his way up. He's now on four points. What has Alistair got? Get a load of this. Mad Marge, Fury Roid. Oh, there you go. And you do love that movie as well. So <laughs> I did enjoy that very much. And I enjoyed that new name by Alistair Danik. Three points. All right. So that puts Alistair now equal fourth position with a bunch of other four pointers. But we still have the same top three DL on five, Nick Patterson on seven, and Philip Hawkins a little bit further away now from the pack on nine points. Don't forget, if you do want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, we're halfway through the season now. There's still a whole half ready to go. So you can still get a couple of three pointers and get yourself. 
Is it $100? I can't remember how much we gave away. I'll look how much we gave away last season. You said something like $200 this this time. It was something like that. We gave away some ridiculous amount of money. (laughs) But we do love the patrons. (laughs) But if you want to be a part of it, you just got to be a $1 plus patron. Uh, Links in the description of this podcast, or you can just go patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Join the family, where you can also join the Facebook group and banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis, just by being a patron. But for now, Mr. Davis, it is time for the mailbag. Open it up. The mail. First question here comes from Andrew JP, and Andrew says, who's your favorite athlete turned actor? Mr. Davis. That's a a really interesting, because there have been a lot, haven't there? I can't think of any, and as soon as you say, oh, actually, Ronda Rousey's one, that's off the top of my head, (laughs) but she's only (laughs) made like a, I'm going to bash somebody uh, in a Fast and the Furious film coming out. (laughs) True, yeah. I mean, oh, she was in Expendables 3. True, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, A few pro, while, pro wrestlers a, have been actors. Like the, the Rock, I guess. He's an athlete turned actor. Yeah, John. I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty interested in what John Cena's doing lately. He's, Cena, Cena, please. John Cena, sorry. <laughs> I copped so much shit the other night from the lovely Louise's kids because I think you pronounced him Jeffrey Bezos instead of Bezos. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And of course, he's, you know every kid's hero because he's worth more money than God. So they just got to look Literally. at it like, you don't even know how to pronounce God's name properly. So, so My real dad would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so sorry, Senna or Cena? Cena, as John in like, Cena. you can't see me, Cena. Oh, oh, now I'm getting the whole you can't see me thing. That has nothing to do with it, but it's just easy to remember that way. Is it? Okay, cool. Well, I, I've... I've Liked what he's done in his recent roles and performances. Yeah, he's he's not ever going to be on the levels of The Rock, but he's definitely just got it, the it factor. He does. I mean, you know, and he, you know he invested in some new hair because, I mean, you look at him a little while ago and you look at him now, it's like looking a bit thicker up top there, JC. I can yeah. see that. Well, he, he let his hair grow out and he returned to the wrestling and he had the long hair and everyone's like, Who's this handsome man? <laughs> <laughs> but he was really good in the in the Suicide Squad. I still have not watched it, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. and he seems to have a good uh, handle on comedy, and knows how to handle himself as an action guy. I mean, I I didn't like him in Fast and Furious Nine, but then I didn't really like Fast and Furious Nine. They didn't give him anything to do. Yeah, it wasn't really his fault, that one. No, 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 no. But I like him a lot, and of course, I think they all follow in the footsteps of Arnold. I think WWE has produced, I think it's sort of changed the Hollywood action star in a sense of Arnold. He can still hold his chops in, in comedy, I guess, but he was mostly there to be the big, bad Arnold guy, right? Yes. Stallone can't really do comedy. Uh, so like the, the, mm. the, the big stars like the Arnies of the 70s and 80s and, and 90s, they weren't really in many comedy films. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the, was the odd one now. Like he could still pull it off comedy because he's just, he's Arnie, right? Yeah. But I feel like now you've got The Rock, who's a really, really like genuinely funny guy. The Rock, I'm uh, no, sorry, uh, John Cena, another genuinely funny guy. Mm. Uh, LeBron James, the, the verdict is still out with him. Like, I feel like he's funny, but in Space Jam 2, he did not act very well. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. I, I, um, I saw him in that Amy Schumer movie, Trainwreck. And he actually wasn't bad in that, but then he wasn't really doing a whole lot either. It was just kind of, I won't say the novelty value of LeBron James being there and not totally embarrassing himself, but it was like, honestly, I think he could have got, name some other basketballers, Kevin Durant? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Jordan. (laughs) Who, I'd love to see Michael Jordan in a movie now, actually, because after watching that last dance thing, I'd be like, you'd be a really interesting heavy because he's such a, you know, all that 
and I took that personally. Stuff. I took that personally. It's so good, isn't it? Isn't it so great? It's a great <laughs> meme. You could just use that for just about anything. And I took that personally. <laughs> and I took that personally. It's like, you wouldn't want to fuck with old MJ, would you? No, no. <laughs> yeah, so LeBron, uh, like, he's... I mean, he's more talented than I'll ever be. So he like, but the verdict is still out on him. I still think I think John Cena's proved himself. Mm. I think I mean, obviously the Rock is the biggest star in the world, so he's definitely proved himself. Who are some other athletes? Let's think of a couple more. Well, if we want to stay with wrestling, apparently is it Roman Reigns? Okay, yeah, he's, he's popped like, up he, in a couple of things, and I think he was in Hobbs and Shaw. Was he really? And okay. wasn't too bad. Well, he's the Rock's cousin. Okay, well that would explain why he's in Hobbs and Shaw then. Yes, but but non wrestlers, can you can you name any? We might have to go back a bit. For a while, there were a few coming out of like American Gridiron. Okay, and back in the seventies, uh, for instance, Jim Brown, uh, he was a, a huge NFL player back in the day and appeared in a few black exploitation movies and had you know really interesting presence. Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, of course, yeah, another wrestler. Yeah, that's another wrestler. Yeah, but. Uh, Brian the Boz Bosworth was a really interesting case back in the late 80s or early 90s. Mm-hmm. Real kind of flashy, had an awe-inspiring mullet. Okay. And I don't know how many action movies, even, but he was in a, like a legit good one called Stone Cold, where he was this um, you know, maverick cop who plays by his own rules who gets um, sent undercover into this motorcycle gang. It's pretty rad, actually. Worth checking out if you can find it. Stone Cold with the okay. Boz. And the Bob, right. yeah, but the Boz is just rocking this incredible hairstyle. It's very early 90s, and he's like, hey, meet my pet, and it's a Komodo dragon. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> All right, Dave Abbott-Smith says, what's your best garage sale find? He was a hard, once a hardcore Whovian in his teens, and he once found a massive stack of old VHS tapes of Doctor Who. It made his year. I remember once being at a pop culture sale before I went to pop culture. I know it's not oh, a yeah. garage sale, but they have like the warehouse sales every year, right? Mm. And I remember going like right down the back and there's like old trading cards and stuff. And then there was this box. I'm talking like a fucking decent sized box. And it was filled with old Simpsons pogs. Oh. And I was like, don't panic. Don't panic. Just quietly take this box up to the counter. And then I like picked it up and some fellow like, Dano, you're not listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember finding a big box of Simpsons pogs from the 1993, I think it was 94. Fuck that. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Back in box form. But like, we, we used to love going doing garage sale Saturday morning trips with my family. Like My mum would take us out, Stacey and I, and... You look at the newspaper, people would have the advertise and pay to have their garage sale advertised before Facebook and stuff, advertised in the actual newspaper. Mm. You'd read through the newspaper, you'd find where you'd, you'd map out your, your trip. All right, we're going to go this one first and that one. So we all go in some sort of orderly fashion and you, you make your way and you spend 20 bucks on useless shit, but you have a good morning out. That does actually sound like fun. I mean, uh, I've never I've never been much of a garage sale guy, but I have been... Oh, you're, to- you're, you're rich, that's why. That's right. I'm you just... Th- garage sales. A garage. <laughs> Are you selling a garage to me? <laughs> I could use a spare one, I guess. Hard, I'm hardly rich, Dander, for goodness sakes. But uh, I'm about to prove that by saying what I'm about to say, that uh, I will occasionally fossick through a bit of the hard rubbish mm-hmm. that's left around uh, the old Hearn Hill neighbourhood. Come up with some winners. Came up with a very nice uh, lounge chair. And also an as-new... Aldi Nutra Bullet kind of deal. Wow, we? Eh? In which I have made some lovely smoothies. <laughs> it's like, 
Mom, old man Davis has gone through the garbage it's again. Kid. Just just close the curtain and leave him be, kids. He's not wearing <laughs> pants. <laughs> my final, not my final question, but the final question for this week. Let's have a flick through. Steve Roberts. All right, Steve Roberts says, what's your favorite workout montage in a movie or TV show? Rocky Four is his. And Andrew JP chimes in with Team America. Montage. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Have you heard the you've heard the montage song from yes, Team yes, America? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but also, fuck yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, it's not Rocky Four, although that is a good one. I think the Rocky movies really nailed it with their montage scenes. You you come out of those, you just go, "That's it, I'm off the bad food." Waking up first thing tomorrow, chugging some eggs, going for a run. That yep. you really feel like it. Certainly in the first Rocky, because I mean, I think I saw that one about six or seven. Go, I'm going to start running. I'm going to be Rocky. And I love Eddie Murphy's taking it. Like, all right, Rocky. Rocky. But the Rocky Three one is actually really good to Eye of the Tiger. Okay, is that so? That's not in the first one, the Eye of the Tiger. No, no, that's in Rocky oh, yeah. Three. And oh, fuck, that's the one. That's, Rocky Three must have been the first one I watched when I was a kid, though. That's the, I just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Which one has Hogan in it? That's three. That's the one I've seen. That's Thunderlips. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But old Rock's lost the eye of the tiger. He's he's gotten too soft. He got civilised, according to his manager. And uh, Clubber Lang just absolutely kicked it out of him. And now he's got to go back to the mean streets with, uh, you know, Apollo Creed as his trainer. And (laughs) I don't know. There's there's just some great bits in it. You know, Rocky keeps, I don't know, man, I'm kind of discouraged. And he keeps fucking up. Finally, he gets it, and they're having a sprint along the beach, and he finally beats Apollo Creed. You see these two dudes going in for the bro hug. Oh, it's lovely. I mean, it's it's it's, um, it's inspirational, and it's also kind of heartwarming as well. There you have it. So, Rocky Three is your answer. I do like the um, sticking with the Simpsons when Homer's getting into shape in season two's Brush with Greatness. Oh, and he's just he's just he's doing skipping with um. With the oh, kids and yeah. stuff, and Marge is watching him and like working out how to, to paint at the same time because she's going to paint Mr. Burns. That's right. Yeah, so I do enjoy Homer's uh, Homer's workout for sure. Mm. Alrighty, so that is our review of Strong Arms of the Ma, an episode that I really, really, really did enjoy. The last uh, five or six minutes were uh, take it or leave it, but those first two acts easily my favourite in a very, very, very long time. I don't know about you, Mr. Davis, but yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Strong Arms of the Ma. I don't know. I'll go really, 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 but I will say really, really. Uh, yeah, I'd know. I'd, I'd, I'd like this quite a bit. Yes, very good episode. Well done, Carolyn Amine. So next week we're going to be and, reviewing. And don't the- forget Mike Peters. Yes, of course. <laughs> and next <laughs> week we're going to be reviewing the episode "Pray Anything," an episode that I have no recollection of at all by title, and I'm not going to look it up what it's about. I'm going to go in fresh with low expectations. Gents, that's <laughs> that's the motto of season fourteen. <laughs> Keep them low. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, guys, to follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount and on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. Don't forget to also follow us on the YouTube channel. So what I'm going to do going forward is I'm going to get clips of the podcast mm-hmm. as well as the full episodes and upload them there for you guys to enjoy. So sort of like the best bits will be available on YouTube as well. So you just want to listen to the best bits, you can jump on the YouTube channel and uh, and find them. Just look us up, Four Finger Discount, or just youtube.com slash Four Finger Discount. You can find us that way as well. And don't forget to continue continue to please rate and review us on apple podcasts uh we want to get to 500 by the end of the year so just if you if you have access to to itunes or to apple podcasts and you have the ability to do so just 30 seconds aside from your day 
but give us five stars, leave a few kind words. We'll read out all the new reviews that come through. We do appreciate you guys taking the time to do so. And please continue to send in your questions to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We do love to hear from each and every one of you. And of course, if you do want to support the show because you enjoy it and get some exclusive stuff in return, you can join the Four Finger Discount family at patreon.com slash discount. We do appreciate everyone who does support us on there. It's what helps keep the show going. And for as little as $1 per month, you can join the Facebook group and our banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis. It's a great community we have on there. But you also get access to Zoom calls with Guy and myself. You get access to the Guy Davis Noonan Championship exclusive podcast and so much more patreon.com slash four finger discount but next Ooh. week we're going to be reviewing pray anything but for now mr davis any final words for those amazing listeners out there yeah let's just wrap this up because i think i fudged my huggies